Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, feed us with the living bread. Feed us with the bread of life. We ask you to pour yourself into us. Give us an encounter with Jesus. Holy Spirit, we want to know Jesus. We want to get closer to him. Make us vessels in your life, in your hands. Make us instruments of winning souls in your hands. We pray that you fill us. We want, we open up ourselves. Empty us of us and fill us with you. Let us decrease that you may increase. Through the power of your word, as I teach your word, convict the sinning. Convict the one who is missing you. Draw them closer to you. Lord, heal the sick. Save the lost. Let your power be demonstrated. Let your glory come. Holy Spirit, I am nothing but just a vessel. I ask you to pour grace through me to your precious people as they listen to me this morning. And whoever listens to me anywhere in the world, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shout amen. Amen. Last Sunday, last two Sundays, I started talking about... Preach the gospel. Yes, 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 yes. Tell someone, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Turn to the other person, tell the person, preach the gospel. You remember, the gospel is not a habit to behave. It is a history to tell. The gospel is not a habit to behave, it's a history to tell. Announcing the gospel, we are heralds, we are messengers to tell our world about our Christ. He said, and and Philip, went down to the city of Samaria, Acts 8.5, and preached Christ there. He preached Christ. He said, if our message, the message of the gospel, if it is hidden or veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Whose minds the God of this world has blinded, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God in the face said, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Preach the gospel. For Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power 
power of God. What is the power? The gospel. So if you don't preach the gospel, you have denied the power to manifest. It is the, in the preaching of the gospel, we, we pave and create room for the power of God to manifest. For I am not ashamed. That means that you can't be ashamed. Like in our modern days, in, in our, our post-modern uh, UK and generation, Sometimes it feels like you are even shy to talk about the gospel. Many people can't be confident enough to carry a Bible. You can't be confident for people to see you carry a Bible. On the streets of London, on the streets of England, on the streets of United Kingdom. No, we don't do that here. You can't be carrying Bible. It's okay to wear the beka. It's okay to wear the hijab and be walking. In a, and people find it fashionable. You carry your Bible and inside there's a social mood that looks down on you for carrying a Bible. How dare you? <laughs> Society makes you feel you are backward. You are you, you. There's something wrong with your mind. You are there's something wrong with you for carrying a Bible for believing Jesus. But thank God for for this generation. Thank God for his power in our times. Thank God for the calling upon our lives. Thank God for the calling upon your life because there is a group there is a group of people who are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Who am I talking about? And I said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For why am I? For it is the power of God to salvation. Watch this. What does that mean? Power of God. Oh, where is that? Salvation. You can never get here without going through the gospel. It takes the gospel to release bless. It takes the gospel to release the power to save. Anyone who claims to start coming to church who have not heard the gospel is not saved. He's still going to hell. The gospel is the only means by which we can be saved. For Acts chapter um, chapter four verse ten, he said, "For there is no name given amongst men under heaven by which he says that let it be known to you and the people that that, that by the name of Jesus Christ who has okay let's go to the next verse verse, verse eleven and twelve brother. No, there no is there salvation in any other? For there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must know other name. No other. Watch this. No. There is uh, no. Is there salvation in any other? So the salvation is in is in the name. You can't get to salvation any other way outside of Jesus. And now he says, I. Um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel is actually the gospel of Jesus. You don't, if you preach, it doesn't matter what you say, if you don't talk about Jesus' death 
burial and resurrection, you haven't preached the gospel. What you have done is, is you have preached a different gospel. So in the, in the days of Paul, there were people who were walking around preaching a different gospel. Either than the one that has already been declared. Christ died for us. He was buried for us. He died for our sins. He was buried for us and he resurrected for our justification. Any other thing outside of this is not the gospel. Galatians 1.8. Yeah. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter how good the person, the person can be a bishop, a pope. It's even angels. He said, if an angel preach any other gospel to you that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you can preach other gospels, but that is not the gospel of salvation. Yes, yes. That is not the gospel about the, the, uh, about the gospel of Christ, actually. It must be the gospel of Christ. Philip, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. So he says that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew, to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. For therein the... Uh, um, it's revealed the, the, within the gospel there is the, the righteousness that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it's written, the just shall live. First Corinthians chapter chapter one verse seven. Seventeen. I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter one verse seventeen talks about the fact that for Christ died and did not send me to baptize, but to but but, but what? Preach. But what? Preach. I hear everything. But what? Preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of men, lest the cross of Christ should be. So you can preach the gospel with wisdom of men, trying to convince, trying to, trying to sound very nice and very rational. And, no, if you preach, it's good to to sound reasonable. Because the gospel itself is reasonable. I'm not saying go and talk rubbish. And so it doesn't matter. Just just believe what? There must be a content of the faith. There must be something I'm believing. Yes, in in, in theological terms, it's called the the gospel must be made up of three things. Faith, genuine faith has three. It must have uh, no tie, no tie, noticia. It's it's Latin. Noticia is the content. What is the content of the gospel? Then for it it to be able to to, to save, it must, so it must have data. Okay. And then somebody must believe it. You must, you must lend your assent to it. I agree. Because if you have the facts and you don't agree to the facts, it doesn't do anything for you. So first of all, you must, it must have content, data. No, it's called noticia. And then ascensus, you must learn your ascent to it. I agree. And then fodukia. Fodukia is 
acting on it, taking steps, because you can agree, but it doesn't mean you are going to work with it. Yes, so there are a lot of people who say, oh, my father used to go to church, I believe that Jesus is Lord, but what are you doing about it? That doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't bring the power of God. The only thing that brings the power of God, because the Bible says that even demons, they believe and they shout that they, they tremble. So the only thing that brings the power of God is when you move into the realm of uh, Fudukia. In other words, you begin to take steps, act based on what you have heard and what you have received, accepted, believed, and then how you are acting on it. So I'm not saying the gospel should be nonsense because in itself, the gospel in itself is not nonsense. It's actually intelligent. Yes. It's, it's, yes, coherent. It's intelligent. It's not absurdity. As people think, yesterday I heard a guy saying that, what has someone's death got to do with my life? <laughs> Sometimes when it comes to the gospel, people think, we are, people think they are too, so smart. Spiritual demonstration of spiritual ignorance or um, manifestation of ignorance. People think they are so smart. What has someone's death got to do with my life? Everything. When you go to Whitehall and you see monuments of soldiers who have fought for us, why do we do the day of remembrance? What are their, God, their death got to do with us? <laughs> you intelligent guy, how can you miss such something, some common sense, some basic thing? <laughs> that Remembrance Day got to do with my life. Everything. Everything. The freedom you are enjoying. Someone had to pay for it for you to enjoy it. Blood. Blood had to be given for you to stand and say it's my human right. It's my human right. It's my human right. Someone had to die. Someone had to fight and die so Hitler doesn't come for your father. <laughs> you wouldn't have been born. Your father wouldn't have met your mother. But someone died for your father to be alive to meet your mother and to give birth to you beautiful, handsome, as intelligent as you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> hey! Somebody say the gospel. The gospel. So, it's reasonable. It's coherent. It's just that stubbornness of human heart makes it feel like I'm not interested. Just say you are not interested, but don't say it doesn't make sense. If we take our time, you realize that it makes sense, more sense than your hair on your head. So, we are supposed to preach the gospel. First Corinthians chapter, that's what, the, the, but the content of the gospel must be the cross. If you, if you subtract or take out the cross from the gospel, you don't have a gospel. <laughs> you don't have a gospel. You have emptied it of its power. A mobile phone that does not make any call, receive any call. Does not have SIM card, you can't even put a SIM card in it. It's actually not a, a, a phone. It's not a phone. It may be some tablet or something, but it's not a phone. A phone is supposed to be making calls or receiving calls. Or text possibly. Hallelujah. Amen. So, 
the the content of the gospel must be we must be faithful to the content of the gospel listen to this i need uh, before i go further listen to this paul said for the verse 18 and 19 of first corinthians chapter 9 chapter 1 i'm sorry for the message of the cross is what? Foolishness to those who are perishing. Certain category of people, how do you know they are perishing? Once they tell you it's foolishness to them, you should know they are perishing. That's who we have been sent. We have been sent to people who are perishing. But most of the time, unfortunately, people who are perishing don't know. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We know it works. It's the power. And then when you go, when you, <laughs> I like this text so much. It's not, right, let's move on. Let's, let's, verse 19. I want to show you something. It's amazing. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Those who think they are so intellectual. God said that when it comes to salvation, I'll bring to nothing their understanding. So it will beat their understanding. If you think you are going to access God by your research, intellectual research, you'll miss him. <laughs> Go to the next verse. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the, uh, the, the disputer of this age? Those who think they know. They, they, they are top. They can argue. Cogent arguments. So where the, the gospel can beat you. You miss it in, in spite of your smartness. You miss the simple gospel. <laughs> Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? Look at the next verse. This is the way I was looking for. For since in the wisdom of God, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. In the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the what? Through what? The foolishness of what? uh, What what do you do with the message? Preach the message. Through the foolishness (laughs) of... Through the foolishness, you call it foolishness, but God is happy. (laughs) Through the foolishness of preaching a a particular message. Mm. So it looks like the message preached is is unintelligent Mm. or unintellectual. Yeah, that's what you may say. But God said, I got you. (laughs) I'm happy that through the foolishness of the message preached. So someone has to preach it. It must be preached. What do you do to the message of the cross? Don't act it. You can't act it. Your life is too incapable to act it. He's done it. Preach it. But it has pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached, to do what? Put you on the screen, please. To save. Fully on the message preached. To save those who believe. So, as it were, listen to this. This, this As it were, it looks like for you to be saved, you may, you may have to believe some foolishness. <laughs> if you choose to call it so, by the world standard of wisdom. Yeah. If you choose to call it so, he said you may have to believe foolishness for you to be saved. Yeah. I can't take that. I can't. Well, die. God is happy to do it that way. He doesn't have to consult you. The the British consulate in Nigeria (laughs) in Zambia 
you know they don't con, con, they don't consult visa applicants to determine the terms of the terms on which they will grant you visa. Yeah. No, they don't consult you. You have to meet their requirements. Yeah. But you want God to consult you to determine how He should save you. <laughs> Even the fees, visa fees, if you want to go somewhere, uh, the visa application fee, they keep changing it and, well, you, they, they, didn't, they didn't, sorry, we didn't have to consult you. At all. Yeah. You don't want it. So, when you go down, it says that to the Greeks is foolishness because Greeks want something intellectual. Mm, tell me something, yeah. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block because the Jews are so religious. They say, How can you say Jesus is the, Lord, is the Savior? How can you say Jesus is the Savior? How? No, no, no. You are, actually, you, are, you upset them, you offend them. It's an offense. That's why religious people get very offended when you begin to preach Christ. When you begin to preach Christ, religion will be offended. Intellectual people who feel insulted that they should believe to be saved. <laughs> the Jews is a, it's a stumbling block. They stumble at They can't take that. Go to the next verse. But to those, to, to those who are called, whether you are Jew or you are, you see, so it's the same category of people who, in, 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 who normally will consider this foolishness or a stumbling block. There are still people amongst them who are saved. And how would you, for as they preach, they will believe it. Okay. Even though they are, they are colleagues, their contemporaries are thinking that this is foolishness. This is a stumbling block. The same people because God has called them. So for, to those who, what do we preach? To find those who are called. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Some people are called. It's not everyone who is going to hell. Yeah. But sure, some people will go to hell anyway. Yeah. Hell is real. But if God is so loving, why must he create hell? That's why he's trying to call you not to go. Yeah. <laughs> because hell is to punish the devil. The way he's been frustrating your relationships. The devil, look at the what he's done to your mother's health. So God has, to, don't you think the devil has to be punished? And his demons, so hell is prepared for them. But some people, he has managed to deceive some people. He said, let's go. And God said, don't go. So he came to die. You see, the devil has made you sin so much, and your sin is sending you to hell. The, the, the devil has, has made, it, make, make, made, made you feel you don't need God, and so you are cutting God out of your life. And Jesus has died for your sins. And he said, now if you come to Jesus, you won't go to hell. If you come to Jesus, you will be saved. And you are saying, no, no, no. This is too simple. It's too, I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, it's too foolishness for me. And you are going to hell. And then he said, oh, but if God is so caring, why is he allowing me to go? To? He didn't allow you to go to hell. For God so loved that he gave. He did something about your, our miserable situation because he's so loving. John 3, 16, for God so loved that he gave. For God so loved that he gave. His giving was a function of his love. Now, if you ignore what his love has provided for you, what else can he do? When people tell you, oh, but how can people burn in, burn in hell? Don't mind them. Tell them, do you want to burn too? <laughs> now they say, say, I really don't get bothered about what someone will think. I'm very concerned about how someone will be saved. All right, why do we have to preach the gospel? I need to get into there. 
Why do we have to preach the gospel? Number one, I spoke about it the last two weeks and I couldn't continue last week. You remember? So why do we have to preach the gospel? Number one, because um, souls are precious. You remember? Because it's, it's the means of salvation yeah. and souls are precious. Souls, human lives, souls are precious. That's why we have to preach the gospel. Tell someone, human lives are precious. Human lives are precious. Number two, why do you have to preach the gospel? Because H-E-L-L is real. Hell is real. You see the short clip we watched? It was making reference to the, it was in reference to the grand recent issue um, fires at the Grenfell Towers. Very sad situation. And our prayers go to the families that have lost loved ones. The, the clip we watched was making reference to the fact that we, we, we saw people burning, homes burning, and we are so worried. It burned for about a couple of hours, several hours, five hours or three. It was burning. But listen, hell, hell is, is going to be unquenchable. It's, it's, Bible calls it, watch it, lake, lake of fire. Lake. This one is not just, it's a lake. So you are swimming in fire. <laughs> The lake of fire. So it's like it's water, but it's, it's, it's hotter than magma or lava. Lava. Liquid fire. Hotter than that. It's because it's a lake of fire. So those of us who can swim, it does not, you don't swim in that one. <laughs> so we are, we are thinking, oh, let's help people. Let's help people. But the real help, there are people who died in that building who go to heaven. Yeah. Yes. There are people who are alive who are going to actually burn eternally. Let's be concerned about how we can rescue as many as possible from going to hell. I know your decent job is good enough for you. Your image is good enough. You have a nice house you live in. You are com- you are fine. You just come to church to take a box, religious box, because because you know you have to go to church because my mom has been asking me. Or my girlfriend said we should go to church. Or my boyfriend, my boyfriend likes going to church, so I have to go. Uh, maybe I just you know you know when we are growing up, we just oh that, that church has a lot of nice girls, so let me just go and sit around there. Oh I, I like the music in the place, so let me go. So we we, we go for our own reasons. <laughs> To, to, to massage our religious conscience. When we talk about winning souls, ah, that's not for me. But who is it for? Who? Who? Is it it's for the preacher? The devil is a liar. The preacher's job is to tell you, get up from your backside, go and win the souls. That's the preacher's job. <laughs> that's the preacher's job. Tell someone, look at the person straight into the eyes and tell them, preach the gospel if you are born again. Preach the gospel. You you are making so much money, but you are not making people for heaven. And when you go to heaven, 
If you are a believer and you go to heaven, the first thing they will ask you is, what did you do with the chance I gave you? He will ask you, let, let, let's see your pay slip. <laughs> your pay slip will not work in heaven. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, because hell is real, let me digress and tell you a little bit about. Once I'm talking about hell, it's, bad, it's, it's okay to talk about eternal destiny. That's really hell. Heaven and hell. It's eternal destiny. Yeah. Eternal destiny. There is a reason why we are alive. Don't mind the evolutionists who, who say we are just an accident. You just show up. So, if you're an accident, then there's no meaning to your life. That's what evolution means. Yeah. If you're an accident, there's no meaning to your life. There's no value to your life. So when we teach our boys and our girls that there's no proper value to life, they can kill without having any remorse because there's no really there's no value to life. There's purpose for our lives. Tell someone there is an eternal destiny over your life. That's why we have to preach. That's why we have to preach the gospel. Because when you preach the gospel, you are helping someone recover their eternal destiny. Now, my job, what I'm doing right now, it's actually adding an eternal value to your life, depending on what you choose to do with it. Because you'll be rewarded based on what you do. The money we get, the material things we are getting, the friends we are getting, all those things, after a while, it doesn't matter anymore. Because you die. When you die, it's not, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. When you die, how much you have earned doesn't matter. No. Right. So the Bible says that um, we all came into the world with nothing, and it is certain that we will go with, that, with nothing. All right. So, but after death, there is judgment. Oh, I don't believe it. You keep, you go like that. When you die and you wake up, yes, see you on that day. <laughs> Hebrews chapter uh, says, uh, 9.27, it says that it's appointed unto man once to die and after death, judgment. <laughs> Hebrews 9.27, for it is appointed and it is appointed. Say appointed. appointed. Everyone has got an appointment with death. <laughs> No one can live forever. Everyone has an appointment with death. Even though it's not a nice thing to talk about, it's a real thing. Listen to this. Death is part of living. Since the garden, the fall in the garden, death became part of living. So, there is a purpose for your life. There is a purpose for my life. And there is an eternal judgment that we are going to face. In fact, I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, I think so. It says that everyone will be judged. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, not each group, each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. He will receive it. A lot of us wish good, but we never do good the way we are wishing. Listen, God, nobody gets rewarded for what you are wishing. Oh, I wish I could go and win souls. Get up and let's go win souls. This is a serious text, isn't it? Yeah, very. Yeah. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. For we must all appear for the judgment seat of Christ. 
has done. Whether do they? We must all appear. It's a must. It's a necessary requirement. We must. That's how you will be appearing very soon. In the future, yeah. But it's not too far. I'm telling you, it's less than 100 years away from now. It's not too far. We must appear. Remember, we must appear. There is an eternal destiny. And you must be you must be reminded. That listen, as you are going, living your life, going out, coming back home and living your life, going to work, come back home, have some dinner, watch some TV, go to bed, go wake up early, go to work, come back home, have some dinner, watch some TV. That's the same cycle. Same cycle. Remember, there is an eternal clock that is ticking. It's an eternal clock. So as, as you are enjoying in the party, as you as as you are watching the porn or something, as as you are lying, as you are changing the figures at work, and as you are marginalizing the things of God, and you don't care, as you are lying on someone, remember there is an appointment. There is an appointment with death, and after death there is going to be judgment. For every one of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You must appear. You must appear. You'll be subpoenaed. You must appear before the the court. A day is coming. Me, as I'm preaching, a day is coming. I'll give an account of everything I said. I'll give an account of every fakery I I I projected if I ever do that. Wow. Wow. I'll give an account of every soul I was given the privilege to pastor. Oh, 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 oh. Pastors, that's what some people want to be pastors. They don't know what's coming. He said our judgment is not easy. Because I have to give an account for those who sat under my ministry and have lost, they, they, they've made it to heaven but couldn't get any reward because they were not taught. Yeah. Being a pastor, he said, you who teach, you'll be judged more severely. You'll, be, you'll give more account for the things you are teaching. That's right. Wow. God judges pastors. In fact, Peter, is it Peter or James? Yeah, I think it's Peter. He said, it's about time that judgment starts, and it says it starts from the house of God, 417. Whether first Peter 417 or James 417, it is going to, it will first start from the house of God. Judgment. Yeah, first Peter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? But it's going to start with us. Hmm. Going to start with us. All right, let's get on quickly. Why must we preach the gospel? <laughs> God created us and there is a purpose for our lives. And I want to take you into that quickly and I think I'll end on that. That I, I couldn't wait to talk about preaching the gospel and healing go together. Oh, wow. That's one of the points. But let me finish this soon. Eternal destinies. Hell is real. Watch this. God created man in his image. And when he created man, his plan was to put himself in man. Watch this very carefully. God has an eternal plan, and we are all going to be judged based on God's eternal plan. It's 
the important one. God's eternal plan is to build a dwelling for himself. So when he created man in Genesis, he created man and that's another interesting point. In, in, when you read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, there's a lot there. You find out creation, you, there are three words that are used for the beginning. God created, God formed, God made. They are not really the same. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Creation. And then Genesis 1 1 says that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2 And the earth, the earth was without form and void. When you read some other trans- King James, give me a King James essay. The earth was without form, same thing. Uh, NIV. NIV says that, and the earth was formless and empty. Now, when God doesn't create anything formless, when you read the original text, tohu vabohu is the Hebrew, the earth became, like the way and Lot's wife looked back and became. That, that Hebrew word used became a pillar of salt is the same word used was, translated in English as was. So the earth became from and void. And then the spirit of the Lord moved over the face of the deep and God said, let it be light. And there was light. And then the Bible talks about how it's, it's remember, <coughs> God made, God created the heaven and the earth. Then I think verse 6 or so. Are you interested? Yes. Just a little bit, a little bit of. Verse 6 says that God said, let the earth be, uh, let there be a firmament in the midst of the, uh, let's go, let's go to the next, verse 9, I think so. Verse 9. And then, let the, yes, the, 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 let the earth, uh, Verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, into place. And the, yes, let the, let the dry, dry land appear. He wasn't making, he wasn't creating. They're already there. He commanded the water to clear away. Let the land come up. It's there. So the first, God created the heavens and the earth. Afterwards, God said, God said all the things he was making. He was just bringing them forth because they already been created. But something has destroyed it. Satan came on earth. <clears throat> and so then God formed man. God created the heavens and the earth. Why was the heavens created? Because of the earth. When we talk about the heavens, we are not talking about the dwelling of God. We are not talking about the dwelling of God. We are talking about the heaven's expanse, the skies. The reason why God created the skies is because he was about to create the earth. So the skies, the heavens were created for the earth and the earth was created for man. The reason why God created the earth is because he was bringing man. Without the earth, he couldn't bring man. 
Without the heavens, he couldn't bring the earth. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, talks about how God created. Listen to this. He said, the burden of Zechariah chapter 12, the burden of the Lord, the, the, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. That says the Lord, who stretched out the heavens first, then did what? Laid the foundations of the earth, and then what? Formed the spirit of man. In that order. You needed the heavens before you can, you can form the earth, and you needed the earth before you can form man. So God's chief objective for creating is man. That is why heaven and earth shall pass away, but it didn't say man shall pass away. A place for man to be. And why did he need to create a place for man to be? Because God himself wanted to create man to reflect him, remember I taught you this, to be his representation, a reflection on earth. How is man going to be known? It will take God slipping himself into corporate man so that we become his expression. Okay? That is what God planned. That's why he created us. And what happened? Satan came in the garden. He said, and man, God put, God put man in the, before the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, expecting them and told man, don't eat this one. He was expecting man to eat this. Then so that the life of God can check into man. Mm. Then the original creation purpose starts. But Satan came and deceived man. He said, go and have this. And when man ate this, this tree, the source was, it was reflecting and representing Satan. This was representing God. Man ate it, Satan checked in. That started everything we are seeing now. But God said, no problem, I've got a plan. So he created, and then Satan corrupted. And then he decided, now no, I'm not going to create, but I'm going to call out of the corrupted race and have a create a, a called out race. He says, for, but to those of us who are called, the preaching of the gospel is the power. But those who are perishing, that one is different. So call, God called out a people, started with Abraham, and he called out us. So the church, I was teaching a few days ago, the church is the called out race. Out of the created race. And so, now, in Jesus said something in the book of John that, you know, in fact, John 1, 4 said, in him is life. Yeah. In who? In Jesus' in life. Now, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine. Mm. What's the vine? The vine is. What's the vine? The farm. I'll put you on John chapter 15, verse, I am the true vine. My father is the wine, uh, vine dresser. Yeah. Okay. And Jesus protects himself as a vine, which is a tree. He said, I am a tree, a vine. But then at another point, he says that in him was life. Is he not a tree of life? Yes. So what was in the garden which Adam was supposed to eat, which they didn't eat and went and ate knowledge? Sometimes, you know, <laughs> can I say this? Knowledge, <laughs> you can never graduate in out of life. Graduating out of life is what? Death. Wow. You can't graduate out of life, but you know what? You can graduate and even know better than your professor. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you know from better than your professor, do you need your professor anymore? You don't need no. him. So knowledge creates independence, brings independence. I don't need you. I, I know. I don't need you. But life, 
brings dependence. No one can be alive and not dependent on other things. Mm. Yeah. You need to depend on oxygen. <coughs> you need to depend on food. Yeah. I know some of you don't like food. Mm. <laughs> yes, you, some, people <laughs> some people don't like food, but you have to eat. When you are very unwell, you lose so much appetite, but your mother or your loved ones will beg you, please, just eat something. Why? Because life, to be alive, means you need to be dependent. So, God, cre- watch this, God created us to have life. That means God created us to be dependent on him. Knowledge comes in and tells you that you don't need anybody. You know what you need to know. That's fine. You are fine. So the more people think they know, the more they think they don't need anybody. Yeah. 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 Some of you have represented yourselves at court before. Because the lawyer was going to write, you know yourself. So you also filled it until the judge told you that you should have brought a lawyer. So... He said, eat from this tree. Don't eat from this tree. He expecting them to eat. They didn't do it. And then God planned a program and brought, he said, Jesus is coming. So Jesus came to die for our sins, was buried and resurrected so that anyone who comes to him, if you believe in him, the life of Christ, the life of God checks into you. So those of us here who are born again, you are not born again because of your nice behavior. Ah. You are born again because of your Christ believing. Now, when you believe in Christ, you become a Christian. Now watch this, this is very important. Once you become a Christian, when you die, heaven is your home, not because of your behavior, but because of the Christ in you. That's very important. Colossians 1.27 says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's all say that together. One more time. So what gives you the hope of glory? Christ in you. It's very important. That's the Christian message. All right. So now, why is Christ in us? This is what I'm trying to lead to, and then I'll end the message because I want to leave it for you. I need you to hear this. It's going to be a little bit exciting, and it's, it's worth knowing. Christ came into us to bring us life, not just so we can, we, we can be... Uh, enjoying life. No, it's part of enjoyment. But there's a major agenda. God's plan has always been to have, watch this, a dwelling. God cannot have a dwelling on earth without man. Mm. That's why he created man. So that he can put himself in man and man becomes his dwelling. It's like a house. That's the name of the church. Church is called the house of God. So once we become born again, guess what? You, if you are born again, if you are a Christian, if Christ is in you, 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 him, her, or him, she, is it her, she, one of it. <laughs> Me, them, all of them, those who are born again, guess what? We corporately form the house of God, not only in this building, but all over the world and all across the generations. We are the house of God. But guess what God is doing? He's still building his house, building his house. And this house of God, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, did you know how I put it? Because my time now, put it on the screen weekly. It says that husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Watch that. Husbands, love your wives. How should you love your wife? Just as Christ loved the, is the church the wife of Christ? That's what he's suggesting. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, not him, her. So 
Christ, Christ had a plan to make the church his bride, so he died for the church. If you are not part of the church, you are not part of the bride of Christ. Now, verse 27. That he might present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So Christ died for the church, so he could present the church to himself. Watch this. I'm going somewhere. I need you to know this very quickly. It's so important because, say, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. One more time. The church is the bride of Christ. For the last time. The church is the bride of Christ. Pastor, Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 21. What you can't say, Genesis will make full meaning if you don't get to Revelation. Because the entire picture is from Genesis to Revelation. It covers the program of God. Genesis tells us how it started. Revelation tells us how it ended. Even though it hasn't ended, we know how it's going to end. How is it going to end? It's going to end in marriage, a marriage ceremony. And Christians must be part, or every Christian is going to be part of the marriage ceremony. Because all Christians together corporately form the bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the did you see that? Yes. What did I see? What did I see? This heaven is not talking about the dwelling of God. It's talking about the created, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Which is the first heaven? Current one. Which is the first earth? Current one. So those of us who are busy trying to secure our lives. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't secure your life. You should, but don't live as though everything is about here. So I saw, I saw a new pastor, and then <coughs> go to the next verse. I like this. Then I, John, saw the holy city. Say holy city. Holy, holy city. city. This is going to please be seated. This is going to get interesting. And as I'm, I'm ending now, I, John, saw the holy city. And what's the holy city? It's called the New Jerusalem. Watch this. I saw a holy city. No, the holy city. There is a holy city. And the city is called what? The New, the New Jerusalem. What did I see about? It is coming out of earth. It's coming out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride. Adorned. The city has been prepared as a bride. A city prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who is this husband and who is this bride? Look, go to the next verse. Look, at that's where, that's the main thing. The next verse. And I heard a voice after I saw this scene. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Behold, that, what's tabernacle? The tabernacle. Ah. The, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's what God has always wanted. 
what God has always wanted. Watch this, watch this. The reason why God created us is so that we can be his corporate dwelling. He created us to be in us, be amongst us. But sin came in and God couldn't come in, but he had a plan because he had a lamb. When sin comes in, death must come in. So if it's asking for death, that means it's asking for blood. The reason why Jesus Christ died on the cross is so that your sins can be paid, you and I, our sins can be paid for by the blood of Christ. It is called redemption. But watch it, watch it, watch it. Because my time, thank you. Because my time, He wants to pay for our sins. That's why He came to die, so that the judgment for the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter six, verse twenty-three says, "The wages of sin is death." So we have all sinned. Romans three twenty-three: For all have sinned. For all, everyone. Once you arrive, you arrive a sinner. For Romans three twenty-three said, "For all have sinned." Say, "All have sinned." All have sinned. Romans three twenty-six. Sorry. 623, what does it say? For the wages of sin is death. So if all have sinned, that means all must die. Because the wages of sin is death. That is why blood is required. Blood is required. If you give your blood for something, for a land, that means you give your life. So Jesus Christ came to die to give his blood. He talks about in, in Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 26. He said, the, the, verse 28 practically, uh, take heed of the church which he bought with purchase with his own blood. Shepherds, the, which he's, you see, he purchased, Jesus purchased the church with his own blood. He saved us from our sins. He saved us from the wrath of God. He saved us from the judgment of God. Listen, most of you think that when Jesus died for us to save us from our sins, he saved us from the devil. No, he didn't save us just from the devil. He saved us from the judgment of God. The judgment of God is more dangerous than the wrath of the devil. Because even the devil is going to be judged. So he saved us. Watch this. So that is redemption. Redemption is being saved by the blood. But for what? For what? For what? Why must I be saved? Oh, so that God doesn't punish me. Not, not just that. Because there is a purpose for your life. That's where I started from. There is a plan for your life. There is an eternal purpose. There is an eternal destiny. And what is the eternal destiny? That you will be with God. So Revelation chapter 21 verse 3 says that, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He said, Behold, the tabernacle is with men, and he will dwell with them. How long? And they shall, it shall, uh, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and they shall be... And, and, sorry, and be their God. That is the plan. He's been always been waiting. He's always been waiting to dwell with us permanently. Now, how about this? If you are supposed to be part of the company and you are not there, that's why we preach. Mm. That's why we preach because that your neighbor, God has called him, but no one can be saved except someone preaches. Yeah. Yeah. We have to preach so that those who are called, because there is eternity coming. This heaven is passing. This earth is passing. We are all now. Watch this. So let me show. Uh, let me finish this text. This is amazing. It said, I saw the tabernacle of God with men. Look at verse seven and verse eight and verse nine. This is week one. I think we should rather go to verse nine. Let's go to verse 9. To help. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and, and talked with me saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the what? The last bride. 
Who is the bride? Who is the, who is the bride? What does it say about the, the bride here? Whose wife? Whose wife is the bride? The bride is the lamb's wife. <laughs> Think about it. So as it were, it looks like Bible says that husband love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Why did Christ die for the church? Because he wanted his wife. Amen. If you touch the church, you are touching the wife of Christ. Amen. The bride. Now watch this. He said, come and I will show you. Watch this. This is interesting. It's getting interesting here. Very interesting. Because, sir, I grew up in church. I've been in church for a long time. No one taught me some of these things from Revelation. Because we pastors don't go to Revelations. We go to Isaiah. God will deliver you. God. <laughs> but after the deliverance, where are we ending? Where are we going? Watch this. I think, pastor, one of these days, I just have to teach on Revelations. Because I used to think Revelation is full of spooky things and strange things. It's not really what they are all symbolisms. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, he said, And there was a sign in heaven. A sign in heaven. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. That's the church. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. The womb, the moon is the law, Old Testament law. And what? On her head were the gallons of 12 stars, crown of 12 stars, the 12 sons, tribes of Israel. The church. Jesus is the bright and morning sun, and we are the body of Christ. He said, I saw a woman. These things are, are symbolic. But let me leave that. I'll come to that. So, verse 9 said, come and let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Who is, who is the bride? The lamb's wife. Who is the bride? The lamb's But who is the lamb? Jesus Christ. Uh, is, is there anyone here who doesn't know that Jesus is the lamb of God? <laughs> John, John, John chapter 1 verse 29. John chapter 1 verse 36. He said, behold the lamb of God who takes away. Jesus is the lamb of God. It's all, all, all about scripture. Okay, but I don't have time to go into that. So the, Jesus the lamb in heaven, okay, has a wife, a bride who has been prepared. Now watch this. He said, I sh he showed me the bride, the lamb's wife. Go to the next verse. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain. And what did he show me? He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Ah, the great city? You remember verse 1? Mm. I saw a great city. What, does this, what has he got to say about that? Oh, go back, go back. Show me the great city. Go to the verse 11. This is a, this, this is a serious one. Having the glory of God, her light, use the word her, her light was like the most precious what? Most precious what? Do you know the component, component structures of the church? The, the, the material, stones. God only builds with stones. The gates of the city is pearl. The streets of the the city is gold. Gold represents the nature of God. Yes. You enter through pearl. Pearl means that um, regeneration. You enter, when you become regenerated, you are supposed to walk on gold. In other words, you, you enter the city, walk on the nature of God, walk in the direction of God's nature. When you become, but no, wait, wait, of time. Now, he said, the city was made of stones, precious stones, like, uh, like jasper stone, clear as crystal. Wow. Go to the next verse. 
Also, she had a great and a high wall with 12 gates and the angels. And, but the point here is that I saw the city coming down, adorned, prepared like a bride or adorned for the husband. Do you remember that? Yes. Now he showed me the city and he showed me the lamb's wife. For your information, God's plan is to stay, he says that the tabernacle of God is with men. That has been his eternal plan. But what has been created now will pass. New heaven, new earth. And the city is going to come again on the earth. And the city, now the city is a house, but it's growing, made up of living stones. And it's going to be the city of God, the bride of Christ. The city of God is the bride of Christ. Or the holy city is the bride of the Lamb. And what's going to be? When you read Revelation, it shows you how now the tabernacle, I think chapter 22, it said, it talks about how there shall be no more tears. There shall be no. God is now, it said, there's no need of a temple in the building, in the city. Because God and the Lamb are his, the, the temple. Chapter 22, please. Chapter 22. Chapter 22. All right. And he showed me a pure river. Go to the uh, next verse. The next verse. Uh, verse 3. Verse 3. Go to the verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and all the uh, and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Um, he's talking about the city. There shall be no more, no night, no lamb, the light there. For the, the Lord will be, the, uh, the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. No, this is talking about this, the last book of the Bible. It's showing you how everything is going to end. It's going to end with one holy city. And the holy city is going to be made up of stones, which are the people of God, and God himself amongst them, and forever we shall dwell together. So those of you who are waiting to go to heaven, after the old heaven and the old earth has passed, God will bring all of us back on earth because that's why he created the earth so that God, man can be on earth and God will put himself in man and man and God will be together forever. Amen. And so, what has that got to do? This is the eternity. There are people who are supposed to be part of this city. But if you don't preach to them, if you don't preach to them. You'll be sitting at the dining table on the city and you remember, I was supposed to have preached to this person. You will never have your peace. <laughs> but actually, God is going to reward you based on who you preach to. Or how, 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 how he used you. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. The next thing will follow. Please. Why should we preach? Because eternal destinies are at stake. And your eternal reward, that's one of the points I'm going to give. The reason why you preach is because you'll be rewarded. Don't be so cool and so collected and say, I don't have to do it. You have to do it. Because Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I pray for us all that may God help us wake up. Amen. You call yourself a Christian, people pass you by every day and they are going to hell. There's much severe situation ahead. Wake up! Wake up, church! Wake up, tell someone, wake up and preach the gospel. Wake up and preach the gospel. 
preach the gospel. That is why God has kept you alive. Preach the gospel because eternity is real and heaven is real and hell is real. Did you receive something? We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.